I read this passage, and I looked at it, and I said, man, Lord, there, there's something in that. There's something about that one little passage, Matthew 18, chapter, uh, chapter 18, verse number 20. There's something about that verse that just stood out to me. And, and I've read it over and over and over, and we've, I've quoted it. People have quoted it. People have preached on it. But when I got to looking at it, I, I got to looking at it in a different way. And uh, the Lord showed me something, and, and He just confirmed it tonight. Uh, he just confirmed it for me tonight that uh, what He wants me to talk about this, for just for a little bit, I, I'm not going to preach long. Uh, we've we got some praying we need to do. We've got some people we need to pray for tonight. But uh, it, 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 it's certain. Matthew 18, verse 20 says, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Now, let's re read that again. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Let us pray. Father, we just come before you, Lord. Thank you for your mercy, grace, and love. Help us to be what we need to be, Lord. And just, uh, help us to uh, stand strong in this time that we live in. Father, we just thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. God is worthy of our praise. Uh, God is worthy of every amen, every glory to God, every hallelujah, every lifted hand tonight that we can. He is worthy of all the worship and adoration that we can stow upon Him tonight. Here we find one of the greatest verses in the Word of God, and it's properly interpreted in this verse. It will change our churches. Because many times we just read over it, and it just is a hinder, and it hurts our churches. And this verse tonight, I believe, is not, it's not, or nor define, it defines worship tonight. You say, how in the world do you get worship out of that verse? Well, you say, he, he's just talking about two or three uh, uh, believers getting together and having fellowship. And it may seem that way at first glance, but if you would uh, look at it a little deeper, you'll find there's so much more here that meets the eye to the casual reader. Let me show you something, and, and let me give you this thing, and we'll go home. You'll find in this verse that contains a promise. Jesus makes us a promise. He said, when two or three are gathered in my name, we gather together, we start talking about the things of God. He promises that he will be in the midst of us. He says, if two or three are gathered in my name, and you start talking about the things of God, and you're worshiping God, he says, I promise you I will be in the midst of that. Do you realize that means tonight as believers we can have fellowship with God tonight? Not only just with one another, but we can have fellowship with God. The words of the Lord, of Je Lord Jesus Christ promise us that He will gather together with us when we start talking about the things of God. He promises when two or three gather together, He'll be in the midst of that. That means there is no excuse for a dead church there, there there is no excuse for a dead meeting amen let me just say that there's no excuse for that if we have a promise from almighty god there's no reason for a church to be dried up 
and cold and indifferent tonight, there's no purpose of that. Because we have the promise that if we meet together to worship Him, He promises that He will be in the midst of us tonight. You'll find there's a prerequisite for this promise. He said, where two or three are gathered in my name. He said, where two or three gather in my name. Uh, this promise is not effective for a church that gathers together and talks about sports. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a promise that's effective for those that gather together and talk about uh, hunting or going golfing or going fishing. That, that promise is not effective because you're not talking about the things of God and you're not worshiping, you're talking about the things of the world. And God said, hey, you've only met one part of it. You come together, you've gotten together, but you're talking about the wrong things to get me in the presence of you tonight. And I believe that's what the problem a lot of churches has gone. The modern day church has gone away from that. They, they come and they, and they worship, they so-called worship, but the God is not part of it and they ain't talking about the things of God. Even if just two or three people gather together and start talking about the things of God, he said he promised he will be in the midst of us tonight. And I believe that's what we need to do. You'll find that he provides proof in this, of this verse if you look at Luke chapter uh, 24 and verse 14, Jesus had just been crucified. The two the believers were walking on the road in Emmaus, and, and, and they were talking. What were they talking about? They were talking about all the events that had just happened. They were talking about the things of God. And and Bible said that, that one stood and got into the midst of them. He came right in the midst of them. And when it was Jesus, he got right in the midst of them because they were talking about the things of God. They were two believers and they were walking together. And he said he showed up in the midst of them. And they talked together all these things which had happened. These believers gathered together and they were talking about the things of God. They're talking about the crucifixion. They're talking about the Lord Jesus Christ talking about the things that had just happened, and they were discussing these things of God. And you know who shows up in the midst? That was the Lord Jesus Christ. And they were walking on the road of mess. And the Lord Jesus Christ himself sat down between these two believers, and he begins to fellowship with them. That, that proves that this verse, that if two believers, two or three believers gather together in His name, and you're talking about the things of God, and you're talking about the things and the worship of God, He said, I will be in the midst. And that is a promise that God has given. That is a promise that's always going to be there. We just got to meet the prerequisite of that. We've got to gather together, and then we got to do, talk the things of God, worship God not the things of the world. Let me see there's, find the position, which I want to get to real quick. The position. When you read this first, this, this mental picture most people have, Silas, come here. Yeah. Alan, come here. I like to pick on the people who just likes to look like I can pick on so when you read that verse, this is the mental picture you get when you read that verse. Just turn it face this way. You, you get a picture of these people just standing like this. That's the picture you get when you read it, just people standing around fellowship. 
That's, that's not what it is. What it is, face each other. You face, now you're facing each other. You're looking at each other. And you find, now, if you go back to the Old Testament, read the Old Testament about the Ark of the Covenant. What's on top of the Ark of the Covenant? Cherubims. Cherubims. Can y'all get on your knees? Are you too old? Okay, stick your arms straight out like this. You ain't got to hold hands. Just stick your arms out like that. Okay. Well, you got on top of the Ark of the Covenant. You got the cherubims on top of that. And what is the wings doing? The wings are actually covering their heads like this. That means the wings covering the head like this on both sides. And they're looking. And these, the, the words, the heads that they're pointing down like that. So what that tells me, that tells me that when their wings are covering, they cover their ears, they're covering their eyes. You ain't going to hear anything. You're not going to see anything. You ain't worried about what's going on. What you're doing is actually Actually, you're focusing in on the seat of the mercy seat and that's where the power and the presence of God is in the mercy seat and Jesus said if you come to church and don't worry about what's going on the outside don't worry about what's going on inside, but if you focus on the on this mercy seat if you focus on the worship of God he said I'll be in the midst of you I'll be right in the midst of you that's the presence of God and the power of God right in between these two, right in between you and I. That is the presence of God. That's what Jesus is saying. You've got to worship. And can I say it this way? Yes, good. Y'all get up. You ain't got to hold hands. It's the same way tonight we just had singing. You get the singers to come up here and they sing. And, and we had some great singing. Now the singers have done their part. They've sung the songs of God. They were singing the things about God. Now, it's our part back here where we fall most of the time. We're supposed to worship God. Yeah, come on. Amen. I'm telling you, you're supposed to worship God. Well, we sit like this. I, I, I've had people say, well, I just didn't get nothing out of service. Can I ask you, what did you put into it? We are, we've got our part. If the singers are singing and we're back here, you know, everybody raise your hands. Amen. Wave them like that. Amen. All right, you can put them down. You just had a fit. So don't, so don't say, I ain't going to do that because people might. You just had one. Everybody saw you had a fit, so you ain't got to worry about it. So if we're sitting here and the singers are singing. You heard it just a while ago, Brother James. He's getting all excited about the songs. He's saying, amen, praise God. That's exactly what we're supposed to be doing, to worshiping God. Amen, praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done. Amen. And when the singers are doing that and we're doing that, Jesus said, I will be in the midst. I'll be between that. That's where I'll be. And you know what that is? It's a pulpit. The singers are singing Congregation is worshiping. Jesus, I'll be in the midst at the pulpit. And if Jesus is at the pulpit, when the preacher steps in the pulpit and <laughs> praise God, glory to hallelujah, and all of a sudden he gets the anumption and anointing of God and starts preaching and the congregation gets involved and says, Amen, thank you, Lord. I thank you for what you've done. Don't get it, don't get be bashful, raise that hand. Praise God. I love the Lord. Don't get it. That's what happens. And you know when the preacher starts preaching and the congregation starts worshiping, he said, I'll be in the midst. The altar. The altar. So everybody's doing their part. Everybody's worshiping God. 
We're not worried about what's going on outside. Well, I'm putting the world behind me. I walk through the doors. I forget about the world. I'm focusing on God. And when I start preaching, you start shouting. People come to the altar and lives will be changed. Lives will get saved. That's what worship is. We don't worship that way no more. I mean, we, we got to the point where we got funeral home services. Amen. I'm glad everybody showed up today. Everybody's good. Amen. We're going home later. No. I don't. And, and you know what? You might like it. I don't. My opinion. I don't think we should set aside eight, ten people and have our worship service going for them. I don't think we should sit out here and eight or ten people get on stage and they're just worshiping away and everybody else just looking at them. I don't believe in worship team. You know who our worship team is? Look around. Every one of y'all have a worship team, amen. And I'm telling you, you ought to be worshiping God, thanking God for what he's done and where he's brought you from. That thing, he's not four days late. He's right on time. Amen. That's what that verse says to me. I believe in worship. I, I know some people can't. If you put a cast on your hand and had it like this, you'll be able to do it all day long. Amen. But every now and then, let me just say this. If you remember where God brought you from, what God has done for you, <laughs> I'm telling you, he's going to prepare a place for you. He, he's doing something for you that you could never thought about doing for yourself. He saved your old sorry, rotten soul from hell, and we can't get excited about it. We can't raise our hands and say, thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for me. I want to praise you. I'll give you the glory. You deserve every praise that I can give. I'll give you all the glory I can give. If, if you can't find nobody to do it, look right here. I'll do it, Lord. If you can't get anybody to stand up and say amen, I'll do it, Lord. Praise God. Get excited about church. Get excited about worship. Amen. We got some dead churches. Got some dead churches. We come. I love that song. Brother, we have gathered together to worship. We have gathered together to worship. We didn't gather together to have a social hour. We didn't gather together and talk about recipes. We didn't gather and gather and talk about everybody else. Amen. Amen. Some of y'all women ought to get right on that right there. Amen. We have gathered together to worship the Lord. Amen. And we should worship. We should be able to say, thank you, Lord. Amen. Glory to God. We should be able to say that. Because what he's done for us, he's done so much. He's done so much. God has been too good to us to us sit around on our hands and not saying a word or not doing nothing or saying nothing about anybody. God has been too good for us and he's done too much for us. Amen. So every now and then, just stick your hand up and go, praise the Lord. I mean, that's all it takes. That's all it takes. You start doing that. And, and I'm telling you, isn't it isn't good for everybody's doing their part? Everybody's getting their part down. The singers are singing. 
congregation is getting happy, waving their hands, thanks God. And next thing you know, the preacher's preaching and everybody's getting happy. God said, I will be in the midst of you. And that's what we want. We want him in the midst of our worship. We want him to be the center of our worship. We want him to be the focus of our worship. And that's what we want him to do. Amen. God has been too good to us to sit back and not give him the praise and glory. He is worth every bit of the adoration that we can bestow upon him. Everything that you can muster out of your mouth, your heart, your soul, you owe it to him. Because he did it all for you. Amen.